Hallelujah. Thank you very much. Guten Abend, meine Damen und Herren. In wenigen Minuten sind wir bereit zum Fliegen. So anschnallen, fasten your seatbelts. We're going to have God in our midst tonight. Amen. So, I like to turn your Bibles to the classic, very important faith chapter in the Bible. So I'm wearing the mic that Jordan wore because I was blown away by the message. Hallelujah. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. How can you be convinced of something that you do not see? But that's what faith is. Verse 2, it says, For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. God said, let there be light, and there was light. Created by the word of God so that what is seen, what we can see with our eyes, was made out of things that we cannot see is that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God, commended as righteous, accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Do you believe that? I believe that, you know, God does not respond just to needs. He responds to faith. Hallelujah. For whoever would draw near to God. Are you here to draw near to God? Because I can feel that some of you really need a major breakthrough in your spiritual life. And faith is your currency today. To present to God and say, God, I'm going to get what I need. That's dollars in heaven. Faith. That's the only thing you can spend there. Everything else, you have to leave down here. Can you say amen to that? For whoever draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Father... Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you desire to bring our level of trust even deeper and advance us to the next level of your glory in our lives. Freedom, deliverance, healing, and restoration. Father, help us to receive the word, the seed of this word, so that faith is ignited in our hearts. That we become Christians that are not half-hearted, but wholeheartedly on fire for the Holy Ghost. We give you glory, Lord, because none of us can do this except you. So Holy Spirit, reign. Holy Spirit, rule. Holy Spirit, do alone what you can do. For where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. And we receive that right now. Amen. You may be seated. I just like to thank Pastor Gary and Pastor Jordan. You know, uh, my meeting with Jordan was 
quite uh, divine. I was doing that revival meetings in Vienna Christian Center, and we had a wonderful time, and I was tired after the meeting. We had a lot of people in the altar, and people receiving deliverance. I mean, when people get delivered, sometimes they, they become rowdy. <laughs> they start rolling around, vomiting. I, I, I don't like it myself, but hey, it goes with the territory. That's one of the first things that Jesus anointed the disciples. He gave them authority over all the power of the enemy to tread down scorpions and snakes and to heal the sick and to cast out demons. That's just New Testament gospel. Now, of course, now that we have come also with the Pauline epistles, we have learned that there is also life in the church, discipleship, community, and things like that. But let me tell you a story. So my meeting with Jordan was divine appointment. But my meeting with pastor is even more divine. When, when were you there in Germany? Uh, that was like 2000 and maybe 2012 or 2013. But when I met Jordan, I was talking to him in the dinner. I said, sir, I said, I don't know how I addressed him. I said, come here, join me for dinner. He said, no, no, I'm already full. But he sat down on the table, and I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Florida. I said, you know, I'm being invited to go there. And it's that church, Evangel Temple. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> and and, and jo- I said, I heard it's a great church. So I told him. And he said to me, yeah, I know. My father is the pastor there. <laughs> and, you know, I heard him today. He was on fire. And it was not something that he was trying to produce. You know why? Why I got so attracted to your church. I'm going to file for membership because this is my kind of church. A church family. That word that he brought, your faith dwelt in your grandmother, Lois, was also in your mother, Eunice. And now it is so evident in you. The first time I met the Wiggins, I saw a church of the generations. The God of Isaac, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was dwelling in Pastor Cecil. And it was dwelling in Pastor Gary. And now it's also dwelling in the heart of Jordan. Hallelujah. So I come here. 2009, August. And I got here a little early. I, I came, I think, on a Thursday. And uh, what was nice was, so Pastor Gary welcomes me. He says, you're, you're going to preach on that Friday night multicultural. We will have a roasted pig. And we did have a roasted pig. And uh, we're, we're going to let you maybe talk to the radio ministry on Saturday. And I said, okay, I'm ready. I'm called to preach. <laughs> and then he calls me Friday evening. He says, Tony, I have to go through a, like a procedure. May you also preach the Sunday morning twice. And then may you preach also the Sunday evening. I said, I'm ready in season or out of season. And I was so blessed. The first meeting I attended here was a prayer meeting. But this evening, I was a little bit disappointed. There were like, how many were we there? Maybe around... 15 or 20, I want you to fill up that prayer meeting Sunday afternoon. Years ago, I was pastoring a church in the Philippines, down south in Cebu, called Maranatha Christian Fellowship. And we had also, in my time, I bought a building for the church. We bought an old university auditorium where General Douglas MacArthur address the Filipinos right after the war, where the first Miss Universe in the Philippines also gave her speech. And also in that building was the first man who landed and walked on the moon. Neil Armstrong also spoke in that building. So we, we felt God really wanted us to buy this building. So we bought it. I bought it in 1992, you know, two years before I departed. So my pastor, who is here from New York, 
He has to take over all of the responsibility. And I want to tell you, transition is difficult. And then we had an economic problem in Asia. We bought the building at 12%. That's even high. It was 22 million. But when the economic problem hit Asia, the interest jumped from 12, guess what, how much? 32%. We could not even pay the interest. So we were at a bound, at a real bind, and we had this friend in North Carolina. His name was Ron McGee. And he was the pastor of the, the Rock of Wilmington. And this man was, was very treasured in our ministry. He went there every year, and his son even lived with me for three months as an intern. Now he's the pastor there in North Carolina, in Wilmington. And uh, he brought forth the word that what Jordan brought. The church is more than just an organization. He brought that word that the church is a family. It has to be led not by business managers and good administrators, but they are to be led by fathers. That's the, bro- the word he brought forth. And he, he laid it out in the scriptures because God is a God of pattern. And that's why you would see the apostle Paul was called by Timothy as his father. And Paul called Timothy his son. I mean, that was there in the scripture. And, and that's the way they treated it. And they really explain this thing. You have many teachers and tutors, but you have only a few fathers. And Paul said, I became your father in the gospel. And you know, when Pastor Gary came to Germany, or that was in uh, 2014. It was the World Cup. Yeah, World Cup. And then... We were walking in the shopping, you know, looking for knives and cutlery. And then we got to talking about Ron McGee. And Pastor Gary said to me, that's my cousin. I said, you got to be kidding me. So we called him right away in North Carolina. And so I just want you to know, God is sovereign. He is not just doing things at random. There's a purpose and a plan. Hallelujah to all of these things that we see. And sometimes it looks chaotic, but there's actually divine order there. And um, when I came here for the first time, I had a Bible study with uh, Solueta, with Ray and Bernie. So we had a Bible study there, and we preached a salvation message. Jordan was there, and Marie accepted the Lord. When she accepted the Lord, this Taekwondo black belter, <laughs> she said, Jesus, come into my heart. I said, No teaching, no doctrine. She just starts speaking in tongues. The very first moment she accepted Jesus. Glory to God. Then you cannot say, you know, that, you know, that she's just acting up or something like that. This was real. And today, I know, I I do carry that mantle of deliverance. But you can all be deliverance ministers. Because I also had my own share of frustration with deliverance. Because I went to Belgium in 1997. I was invited by a Dutch Pentecostal Assemblies of God church. And so they said, Pastor Tony, can, can you preach? So I preached. I preached on John chapter 8, verse 32. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So I preached that. And then we had an altar call. People started coming to the altar. And there was this lady. She was a Belgian. Because that's just all in the border. And she was in the altar. I said, what may I pray for you, ma'am? She said, my husband is sick in the hospital. Normal. We pray for people who are sick. So I proceeded to lay hands on her. And as soon as I lay hands on her, she goes like this to me. 
I was not trained for that. <laughs> we didn't learn that in Bible school, what to do when something like that happens. So, I got to tell you, I didn't know what to do. And the worst thing that happened, the deacons didn't know what to do. I was trying to call for help. And then I remember, Pastor Sarah, my wife, had an experience in exercising demons and getting people set free. Way back in the 70s in Iloilo City, their church, their church became known as the Exorcism Church. This was in the year that this uh, film was made with Linda Blair, The Exorcist. And the pastor that I know that was saved out of that ministry, he used to levitate from the air. And my wife, she was nine years old then, she saw this and she was a part of praying for freedom. Now this pastor is a pastor in Davao City with a church of more than seven or 800 people. He planted a church in Fresno, California, Holy Ground Christian Church. I mean, a demon possessed, becoming free and becoming a pastor. It can happen. That's the grace of God. We are all here because of the grace of God. And so, while this lady was carrying on, she knelt down. Just, just imagine. She was kneeling down and holding my legs. It really got uncomfortable. I was going like this, you know. <laughs> and, and I said, Sarah, Bible says, I will make a helpmate comparable to you, a partner. Sarah, come and help me. And, and my wife ministered to this lady, and she's free. I know, 13 years later, she was still free. And she was a part of that church. Because there's hope for people who are demonized. There is hope for people who have problems you don't understand. But tonight, I want you to connect with faith. I want to talk about Abraham, actually. Why, why do I want to talk about Abraham? So, the legacy of Abraham. I want you to turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. So, it says here, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. In other translation, it uses the opposite word of bless. And everyone who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the earth shall be blessed. I mean, that's an all-encompassing blessing. And in you, all the earth shall be blessed. So today, I submit to you that we need to see the legacy of Abraham. Number one, his legacy was a legacy of faith. What did it say in Romans 10, 17? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of what did it say? And God spoke to Abraham. How did he speak to him? There was no Old Testament. There was no Bible. The way God spoke to them are through dreams and visions. He still does it because that's one of the distinction of the Pentecostal movement. And your old men will dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. And your handmaidens, I will let them prophesy. Hallelujah. So, 
The legacy of Abraham's faith is amazing. Why? You know, when God spoke to him at the beginning, he was 75 years old. Would that be old for today? I mean, 75, I'm 62. I, I don't have the energy when I was 25, but I still have the energy of a 30-year-old man. Hallelujah. And so, Abraham was 75. You're almost thinking, is that not a little late to be called by God to go to another land? And, and remember, Abraham was not all alone. He had a wife, no son, no children. But the promise was to him was, from now on, in Genesis 17, you would see the progression. Then God says, I will make you exceedingly great. And from now on, you are no longer called Abraham, exalted father. And you will be called Abraham, the father of many nations. At that point, Abraham bowed to his, like that said, <laughs> that's what the Bible says. He laughed. He said, at my age, I'm going to be a father. And Sarah was getting advanced in years. So he, he thought the interpretation of the promise was, well, you know, during those days, the slaves were owned by their owners. And so he said, I think this is the interpretation of God's promise to you. Again, the flesh, the human mind. Sarah said, I wouldn't mind if you go to Hagar. And Abraham was an obedient husband. <laughs> yes, ma'am. A happy wife is a happy life. <laughs> so he goes into Hagar, and Hagar bears Ishmael, the son of the flesh. Because he was not the intended son to be in the generation. He said, you're going to have a, a child from your own body. And Sarah said, at my age, she bore Isaac at 90. Again, humanly impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. And so today, if you're suffering any illness, face that illness right on, head on. And confront that spirit of sickness and infirmity because your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Cancer has no right to stay in your body. Heart ailment has no right to stay in your body. Depression, go in Jesus' name. And this is directly related to the message. When I give the altar today, I want you to come forward. Receive the Holy Ghost. If you haven't yet been baptized with the Holy Spirit, if Marie could speak in tongues on the first day of her conversion, you surely can. It's supernatural. You say, it's not all, I'm telling you, it's not all about speaking in tongues. It's all about overcoming your cunningness, your scheming, your clever tricks in your mind, your human wisdom, and begin to step out in the air and say, all right, God, I'm going to get out on the limb, Lord, and I'm going to speak out of my mind. When you speak in tongues, you're out of your mind. That's what the Bible says. He who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but in his spirit, he speaks mysteries to God. So, it's your first step of moving into the supernatural. And, and you can have faith for that because Abraham, faith was a legacy of faith that obeys. Say that with me. Faith that obeys. Faith does not even question God. And say, Lord Naman, please... I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. I've, I've, I've lived here in Ur of the Chaldees all my life. Now you're going to root me out. And you're, you're going to tell me to go somewhere. I'm going to get the blessing, but I don't know where to go. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham went and, and walked, not knowing where he was going. He was waiting for the place that God will show him. But he was not passive in his faith. He was active. Amen. 
Do you have a faith that obeys? You hear the word about tithing. It's a good word. But it does not become a very fruitful word until you begin to take steps of faith. I can tell you, I love paying my tithes. I have never lacked anything. And what did God say? What was the promise? Prove me now in this. If I will not pour out the blessings and open the floodgates where blessings come upon you, favor comes upon you that you are not able to contain. Hallelujah. It works because faith works. Faith obeys. Abraham, what a legacy of faith that obeys. Can you imagine? Leaving, you know when he left, he was not alone. He had a wife and he had 300 servants. Is that a lot of servants? So Abraham must be wealthy. He was employing 300 people. And when the covenant was given in Genesis 17, he said, this will be a sign that you are in covenant with me. I want every male, the eldest male, to be circumcised. He was circumcised when he was nine, uh, 75. <laughs> he was, <laughs> God speaks, he says, uh, brother, my son, it's time for you to be circumcised. <laughs> I did preach this one time in the church in Germany, and... <laughs> And they came up to me and said, Pastor, do you want us all to get circumcised? <laughs> and I said, no, no, no. I said, circumcision symbolically is your identity. You know, God wants to address your identity. The very first thing that the nurse says when a baby is born, it's a, if there's something sticking out there, it says, it's a boy. In ultrasound, that's the way it is as well. So you are identified by your genitals. And so circumcision addresses the very root of your identity. It's your reproductive system. It addresses the very foundation of your productivity. Hallelujah. So they have to be circumcised. I, I wonder how Abraham explained this to all of the 318 servants. He calls all the men, man, we're going to have a meeting. It's Father's Day Sunday. We're going to have a meeting. <laughs> and Pastor Gary says to the men, you know, uh, God's been speaking to me. <laughs> I'm going to obey. So God said we're all going to have to be circumcised. To be circumcised at 75. I think that's not too young. Maybe I even did that. Accurate, I think he was 99. So, I guess he will not be productive and have Isaac until he was circumcised. So, but no qualms, no questions. Just obey. Okay, Lord. So, okay, when you need to be healed, you need to be free. How do you take it? What did it say? Since the time... Of Elijah or John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And the violent take it by force. Hallelujah. Are you ready to do war? Because when you war against the devil, you need to do something that you have as an as armor and equipment. And that's why when a person is depressed in our church. I bring them to tongue therapy. Because people go crazy because they keep thinking and thinking and thinking. With their stinking thinking, they go crazy. So I said, brother, look at me. I want you to rest your mind. Just speak in tongues. I know it doesn't make sense, but nothing makes sense anyway. So you just do it by faith. It happens. So, when the people got filled with the Holy Spirit in the day of Pentecost, last week, June 5 was the day of Pentecost, 
they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit gave them utterance and they were all speaking in tongues. So don't you look at yourself. You don't know my problem, Pastor. The only problem you have is you don't want to believe what God is saying in His Word. I was telling the multicultural class today, I got saved in January 11. I stopped taking drugs in February and got baptized in water because the people that led me to Christ did not have a problem of, you know, I was a big headache because I questioned everything. No, I said, okay, if disciples are to be baptized, here, baptize me. So I got baptized in water. And then uh, two months later, at the end of March, they said, now, Tony, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, what's that? He said, you need to receive the power from God. I said, go ahead, give it to me. And when they prayed for me, I started speaking in tongues. No questions asked. I was even going like this, what's that? But just take it the way God wants you to have it. Amen. So once you connect with this word, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by Me, I have a wife that rejected me three times. In Bible school, I'm glad she's not here with me tonight. <laughs> when she hears this, she will say, what did you do again? So I'm going to tell that story. When I met Sarah Joy in 1980, I was freshman in Bible college. In our Bible college, you cannot court until you're in your senior year, second semester. So if you fall in love when you're freshman, you got a major problem of controlling your emotions. So I'm always watching her, you know, seeing her talk to other students. But then the final time came, senior year, second semester. We can go to the dean's house, the dean of students, and we can, you know, court there and, and date at the watchful eye of our dean of students up there. So, I was going like this. I said, you know, Sarah, we're going to graduate next year. This was like in October. I said, uh, I think, because I really thought that she also liked me. That's why, where you get in trouble with assumption. So, I was assuming she also liked me. She said, what? What do you mean? I said, you know, us. She said, there's no us. I'm not moved. That's the first failure. I said, okay, I'll give you some time to pray. <laughs> Second time around. So, I mean, she was very cordial and very nice to me. And so I said, uh, have, you, have you prayed about it? <laughs> and she says, yeah, I did. I'm not getting any clarity from God. So what do you do? You know, I'm getting nervous now. Second attempt. No, yes. So I said, okay, maybe she just needs a little bit more time. So in November, I tried again. One month later. I said, you know, Sarah, God spoke to me. When I first met you in 1980 in Iloilo, I fell in love with you. I know you're going to be my wife. And she said to me, but God did not speak to me. <laughs> now, it was a good end. I've been married to Sarah for 34 years now. I have three children. So the word of God, hang in there. It will not fail. It will come to pass. Hallelujah. Now, when I tell this story, my wife doesn't even pay attention. Because he knows, she knows I'm a man of faith. I bought a building in the Philippines with no money. With only negotiations. But God is good. And you know, he will send people that are with your vision. You know, I had people, I fasted for like three or four days. I said, Lord, we are supposed to make a payment. If this payment doesn't come through, we're going to lose this property. Hey, guess what? I was in the afternoon in the office and someone knocks on the door. He's not even a member of our church. He said, Pastor, I heard that you are going to make a payment. He brought in one envelope of money. One million pesos. He just gives it to me. And he's not even a member of our church. Because he's a member of the body. He's listening to God. So how about you? Are you listening to God? Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing 
by the word of God. How did, the, how did Jesus overcome Satan in the wilderness? The devil comes and said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into donuts. <laughs> and Jesus instantly responded, 40 days ago, in the day of his baptism, the whole heavens were opened. And the Spirit of God descended in the form of a dove. And a voice was heard. This is my beloved Son who will prove himself to me. Was that the word? No, it was not the word. This is my beloved Son. Without a miracle performed, without a sermon preached, he pleases me even now. So, when the devil comes, he said, if you're the Son of God, Prove to me you are. And Jesus, I'm nothing to prove to you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. This is my beloved son in whom I'm wealthy. Jesus was well with it. So he, he, he ran with the word. Yes, that was in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. But that was a direct word from God. Abraham ran with the word of God. Go, get out of your country. Get out of your relatives. To a land that I will show you. And Abraham got what God had promised to him. And today, what has God promised to you? It's time to press on your relationship of faith and covenant with God. God's going to give it to you. If you like. If you partner with Him. Like this thing of being baptized in the Spirit, getting refreshed. It's not up to God. It's partly up to you. Can you say amen to that? So I want us to all stand to our feet. And I want us to have a Holy Ghost gathering here in the front. Letting go and letting God. Maybe you're having problems with your marriage. Maybe you're going through a time and a season of loneliness. Maybe you are being tormented by a spirit of lust, a spirit of addiction. You will be free. Can you say amen to that? I know we have some people. Do we still have people from Teen Challenge here, Pastor? Yes. You, you came to the right place. This is an atmosphere of faith. Can you believe God? For his freedom? Can you believe God? For his restoration? Absolutely. Because the word of God does not fail. I used to be an addict. I used to be violent. I had all these demons. You know, that are trying to manifest in my life. If you ever look at me the wrong way, I'm like Manny Pacquiao. <laughs> Jobs coming right at you. But the Lord delivered me. And I know I was delivered, Pastor, because two weeks ago, I was driving in Germany on this 30-kilometer zone. And, and so the bicycles have right. They can drive in the middle of the road. You cannot overtake them. It says that don't overtake the bike. So mm, I was patient. Mm. And then we got to the traffic light. And so he was driving maybe 15 so he could drive a little faster. So, I, you know, I was in a hurry to go to church. I said, Herr, Schneller Pazen? I mean, that was my tone. I said, can you please, you know, drive a little faster? He looks at me and he said, you a-hole. <laughs> I'm about to preach. And, and I had a muscle man with me. This guy from Cambodia is doing MMA. And I, I, I thought that maybe I'll backslide for a little bit. <laughs> and I, I'm going to just try to confront him and ask him, what did you say, sir? <laughs> and my wife was at the back like the Holy Spirit. God, darling, darling, you're going to preach. And I said, you're right. <laughs> it's okay, he said, God bless you, sir. I mean, God has to have control of our mind. Because 
when the Holy Spirit begins to take control of your thoughts, you begin to speak in tongues, you're no longer in control. In the eyes of people, you look absolutely crazy. But in the eyes of God, you are glorious. Hallelujah. When someone obeys the Spirit of God, they are glorious. Because that's the work of the Spirit. So, get ready, all of you that need a breakthrough. And if you have never really made Jesus the Lord of your life, the King of your surroundings, today's the day to repent and say, I renounce all the works of the flesh and I am receiving my freedom in the Spirit. Because deliverance goes by repentance, renunciation, and then restoration. So all of you that need a breakthrough, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Just our pastoral staff is here, and our uh, deacons are here, and our prayer teams are here to help you. But I want to instruct you when you come here. So if you are needing to be filled with the Holy Spirit or reignited in your spiritual life, come to this section right here. Maybe some of you have spoken in tongues, a few verses, a few words, but you want to be released with the rivers of living water. Today, that's going to gush out like wells of salvation. So the people here wants to be reignited. And if you need healing, you come to this section right here. And the deacons and the elders and the pastoral staff will anoint you with oil and this is what I want you to do. Like Abraham, I receive it not tomorrow or next month. Today, right now. That's the spirit of faith. If you put it off next month, you may never get it. But you have to get it tonight. Amen? And if you need deliverance, you get it tonight. You say, I'm not going back there anymore. I am free. Because Jesus made you free. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom! Hallelujah! Be set free. And if you're addicted to pornography, maybe, maybe you have a spirit of lust laying on your life, today's the day you repent, renounce the spirit of lust, if you're married, unfaithfulness, if you're married, adultery, if you're single, fornication, you say, I renounce the spirit of adultery, the spirit of fornication, the spirit of lust, leave me, because I am holy before God. I am sanctified and consecrated. And if you just need a fire, you just come here. We'll just pray with you and touch you and let the Lord renew your faith. It's not us anyway. It's the Lord. So come. Come now. Let's fill these altars with hungry and humble hearts. Amen? Hallelujah. Go ahead. Pastors and deacons, please come. And, and you just ask them, please, what sickness? So you can address. So if you can discern, it's just a symptom. You address the root. Yeah, whatever your sickness is, maybe you're just talking about the symptoms. You need to address the root of the problem. If you're sick and you don't know why, the spirit of infirmity must be rooted out of your life. You say, Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Can someone help here? Somebody help here. Yeah, please. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. Come on, let's worship God and put our faith in Him. Oh, hallelujah.
If you're in the bus, shuborobo satak. It doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what God thinks of you. So, you have to fill up in church. The presence is the one that carries us. Nothing else will do. So, we got to have God and Him alone. But you got to be hungry. You got to make that your priority. Every single moment of every single day, Fill your life with praise, Amanda. Because when thoughts of depression, being alone and isolation, you know that's the devil. You're not alone. Our God is a friend. What did God call Abraham? He was his friend. Why? Because he believed him. When we are friends with somebody, we believe them. And so, activate that. And breakthrough after breakthrough will come. Hallelujah. All things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His. For who is that? Is that only for a select few? All things work together for good to those that didn't say a name, that didn't classify a position, that didn't classify an office. It's you. It's me. All things work together for good. You know, I almost died before Sarah said yes to me. Because I had 140 stitches in my face in a car accident. What good will that bring? My wife. So, don't be moved by your circumstances. Moved by the word and the promise. Amen? Amen. You got it. Come on, let's thank Pastor Tony for such a good and powerful word tonight. So thankful that our God, He delivers, He restores, He set free. Amen. He heals. Um, I want us to pray over um, Pastor Tony. I, I want you to lead us in, in one prayer. I know that one of the areas that God has used you in deliverance is especially in Germany, is depression and mental illness. And over the past few years, there's been so much of that here in the United States that it seems that there's been a pendulum swing almost that people are finding identity in depression. They're celebrating and finding identity in it. And so I want you to lead us in prayer that God would help restore it, that identity is not in depression, it's not an anxiety. Yeah. It's in the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. And so lead us in prayer, especially Amen. for this next generation. Yes. So many young teenagers People, yes. are finding identity in depression, and we need deliverance in yes. this nation. Come on. I want you to say this to me. I am loved by my father. I am his son or I am his daughter. He loves me. He has good thoughts for me. So all thoughts of depression... Suicide, isolation, orphan spirit, I drive you out of my mind in Jesus' name. Out of my spirit in Jesus' name. Out of my emotions. My body and my mind is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Can you say that? My body and my mind is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I will fill it with the Word. I will fill it with the promises. And I will fill it with the presence that comes from heaven. Amen. Amen. It's very simple. It's not complicated. It's just the implementation every single day. Every single day. You know, when I lost all my weight, I used to be 85 kilos, about 165 pounds. My height is 5 feet 3 inches. So I was 
tremendously overweight. So I repented. I stopped eating rice. I, I prayed, Lord, how much rice can I eat today? <laughs> how much sugar can I take today? So I prayed, how much, when, and I began to exercise. Just makes sense. I swam. So it, I lost 55 pounds in a span of 2010 all the way to 2018. And I stopped dieting. I, I eat normally now. You can ask Pastor, I drank Coca-Cola today. So it's not just about the diet. It's really a spiritual problem. And the problem I had was I had a spirit of rejection. Can you imagine that? I rejected myself. Every time I would say to people, I don't really care. And we're all going to die. You're just going to die quicker. quicker. If you do like that. If, my wife would always say, God, it's already too late. Don't eat the rice anymore. Just take something, you know, light. But I'd say, rice is I would make a big drama. Are you a drama queen or a drama king? So my wife would say, no, God, that is, you are not rejecting yourself. You're rejecting God. So, in the first six months of my diet program, the rigid thing that I did every morning when I woke up, I said, Lord, thank you that you love me. And because you love me, I can love myself. And because I love myself, I will take care of my body. Because this is your temple. Amen? You're going to do it. You watch. You will see more breakthroughs happen if you apply faith. More than therapy and more than what the doctor says. I believe in doctors. I still take some medication for high blood pressure. Because if I preach like this, and if I did not take my medicine. <laughs> so, but the root is always fear. So you have to drive the spirit of fear and let the spirit of the unconditional love of God flood your mind and your heart. So, where, where will you find that? The presence of God. Here in church, it's, it didn't say when you're alone. It says wherever two or three are gathered in my name. Amen. Bless you. Have a great evening. Amen. 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 Love you, sir. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. I pray that we would live as sons and daughters in the kingdom. God, we would live in faith. God, not in fear, but through hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we pray that as you moved Abraham for earth, God, to the promised land, you would move us, God, from the things and the places of the past and to the promises that you have prepared for us, Father. We thank you for your goodness, your grace. We bless your people tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, I want to encourage you, if you are blessed tonight, sow into the word. God bless you. Don't forget prayer times and midweek services.